that beer education, that beer knowledge is important for us because it's beer, right? It's not just a product on a shelf. This direct-to-drinker space has become more and more important. You know, the tasting rooms, the online store, the beer club, these different things that allow us to actually build up rapport and, and have conversations with our drinkers. There's something really special about being able to deliver fresh beer from the brewery directly to people's front doors. I get a kick out of that. Welcome to Add to Cart, the podcast that Express delivers all you need to know in the fast-moving world of e-commerce. Every month, Nathan Bush from 12 High and an e-commerce industry expert will share the news, research and insights that you need to know to keep you at the top of your game. And of course, keep your customers adding to cart. Hello and welcome to Add to Cart. My name is Nathan Bush, host of Add to Cart and director at e-commerce talent agency eSuite. When I started my e-commerce consultancy, 12 High, I made a really short list of the clients that I'd just fall over to work with. One of those companies on that list is actually today's guest. It's Steve Blick from Stone & Wood. Now, in case you're not familiar, Stone & Wood are based in beautiful Byron Bay and they're the pioneers of the craft brew scene in Australia. They're one of the largest independent brewers in Australia and are very, very well known for their famous Pacific Ale, highly awarded and now have a number of other brands, including Counterculture, Fixation, and the recently acquired Two Birds Brewing. Steve is the head of Direct-to-Drinker at Stone & Wood. In today's chat, Steve dives into the complexities of running a website based off two different platforms. We're talking Shopify and WordPress at the same time. How a subscription offering has changed how they mix with their customers and how the majority of the Stone & Wood team actually own part of the brewery. Make sure you tune in right until the end, and I'm going to let you know how you can go in the draw to win a six-month Stone & Wood Beer Club subscription. So, thanks to our partners, Shopify Plus and Signet, here's our conversation with Steve Blick from Stone & Wood Brewing Company. Steve Blick, welcome to Add to Cart. Hello, Bushy. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Thank you for joining us. Um, I must let everyone know before we start that we've had the pleasure of working together for a, for a number of years now, which has been awesome. That's right, man. And I'm going to lead. I'm going to lead with the most important question of today. What's been the best thing about working with me? Oh, of course, you asked that. <laughs> oh, mate, it's uh, you, you've brought stuff to the table that that we haven't been able to. You know, there's fairly traditional model in the way beer businesses are run and uh, and e-commerce certainly hasn't been on the radar that long for a lot of people in beer. So I don't know if I want to float your boat anymore. No, I was about to say, I was expecting an insult or something of the sort. I wasn't actually expecting a serious answer at that point. So now I look like I'm fishing for compliments when I was actually fishing for an insult. Excellent. I'll keep track of a couple of derogatory comments for All later right. then. All right. Good, good, good. Let's get into it. So for people who don't know Stone and Wood, can you give them a bit of an overview around who Stone and Wood are and how you guys operate? Absolutely, mate. So we're a brewery. We're, we're a brewery based up in Northern Rivers, um, set up in Byron Bay about 12 years ago. And outside of just being a brewery, the, um, the founders have always designed the business to be a sustainable business. So... It's a brewing business, but it's um, it's a business that is trying to take a non-traditional approach to how we grow and how we kind of hang around for the long term. Yeah. And the founders, as I understand, the three founders, they came from Big Brewing before establishing Stone & Wood? 
Absolutely, mate. So Jamie, Ross and Brad, uh, who are all still uh, in the business, they came from CUB and, and different roles within CUB. So they, they worked on getting Matilda Bay up and running from the brewing side of it, the sales and marketing side of it, and then, you know, the business operational side of it as well, as well as heaps of other roles within the broader CUB business. But they were actually the first guys to leave CUB and set up another brewery. So that's not trying to float their boat, but that's probably an indicator of how uncommon it was 12 mm. years ago to to take that brewing experience and go do your own thing. It was kind of a market dominated by a couple of big breweries. Yeah. And in terms of what we've seen over the last two or three years where we've seen a lot of independent breweries snapped up by the big guys, there's been a lot of investment, especially in the craft beer space. Yeah. You guys have remained totally independent. Correct, mate. What kind of impact does independence have on a business like Stone and Wood? Uh, kind of impact does it have? I guess it allows us to make our own decisions is the biggest impact. And coming back to that progressive business model, it's allowing us to make the right decisions for the right reasons, our reasons, rather than someone else's. Yeah, that, that's probably the biggest thing there, mate. Other than that, I don't know, like the, the independence resonates with consumers. It's important for the team. There's all sorts of reasons that, that we all value that stem from that independence. Yeah. And one thing that has stood out for me working with you guys um, and you especially is the value that you guys put on things that I think that a lot of larger corporations wouldn't. So, for example, customer experience is always at the forefront. Local, giving back to the local community is always forefront and uh, making sure that you're sustainable for the community and the environment as well is always part of those big conversations, which has always impressed me, which I feel as an independent with the founders still there allows you to keep that focus firmly on those mm. things bigger than profit. Totally, mate. That's it. Profit will come. It's not about it coming overnight. It's about it coming over the long term in a sustainable way. Yeah, absolutely. Now, and about yourself, I met you when you came in as the direct to drinker and the e-commerce leader at Stone and Wood. And you've been at Stone and Wood for nine years now, but your history is that you were a school teacher. That's it, man. Tell us how a school teacher becomes an e-commerce leader. No, it's interesting. So definitely my first love teaching and um, yeah, still a special place in my heart for it. But um, I found myself brewing a lot of beer and exploring different beer styles and trying things out. And um, it took me a while, it took me three years, but I eventually realized that other people were brewing much better beer than I could ever brew myself. So I was just super interested in it and caught up with one of the guys at my local pub and turns out they were looking for someone to join the team, uh, early days for them. And so a couple of beers later, we, uh, yeah, I sent, actually sent one of the founders a tweet, which is the last and I think probably the first time I've ever used Twitter. But here we are nine years later and, and a lot of the roles have been building the business and introducing it to new people, building awareness. So there's some similarities to a classroom, you know, instead of standing in front of a bunch of kids teaching them something, you're standing in front of a bunch of people in a pub trying to let them know about beer. Do you remember what that first tweet said? To the effect of, thanks for the beer, because obviously they were trying to shove as much of it down people's throats as they could at that time to introduce it to people. Thanks for the beer. If you guys are ever looking for someone to 
represent you down here, let me know. How good. So you had no sales experience before that? No sales experience, mate. But um, I think what allowed me to sneak in the door was it was a, as much about representing the brand than just selling a product. Yep. It was um, is being able to have the opportunity to help represent the brand and build the brand in those early days. And a lot of the sales experience has developed as as that's become more relevant to us. Yeah. So talk us through where Stonewood now, obviously, as the head of direct-to-drinker and the e-commerce leader, um, you've got a few facets to your business, obviously, supplying pubs and retailers and the direct-to-drinker, as in the website and e-commerce, is relatively mm. new. How mm. does it all come together for you guys in terms of sales channels? That's it, mate. It is, it is new, but a big part of it has come out of making sure we're staying relevant. It's a really dynamic industry uh beer like we all are changing our tastes more than ever and it's our job as a as a brewery to make sure that what we're doing is is relevant and that's relevant products and relevant channels so this direct to drinker uh which is your traditional b2c approach this direct to drinker space is become more and more important you know the tasting rooms the online store uh the beer club uh, these different things that allow us to actually build up rapport and, and have conversations with our drinkers rather than their only experience of us being through grabbing our beer from the bottle shop shelf. Banana skins, pumpkin, dodgy avocados and e-commerce packaging. Our friends at e-commerce packaging supplier Signet are helping retailers reduce their carbon footprint with their new range of compostable mailers. Made from plant-based materials, these mailers will break down to organic fertiliser once composted, either at home or in industrial disposals. Talk about giving back to the planet. Signet have over 5,500 packaging solutions that help leading e-commerce businesses step up their packaging game. Visit signet.net.au to find out more. Is there anything that stands out for you in terms of a learning that's come out from amplifying the direct-to-drinker rather than going through B2B channels? Is there anything that you've brought back into the wider business that's been a particular surprise or a kind of an aha moment? Even after almost 10 years in the business, it's it blew my mind initially that there are people out there that are willing to spend that much of the hard-earned cash directly with us as one of you know, six or 700 breweries in the country is people that have chosen to spend thousands of bucks a year uh, supporting us and, and drinking our beer. So that, that's incredible. You don't see that when you're selling to bottle shops, but to see people actually choosing to spend that money and do it regularly and repeatedly is, um, yeah, super cool. Yeah, absolutely. You've got some really, really loyal followers there. And I think a lot of that comes back to is that for a lot of people, especially in this region, northern New South Wales, Queensland and and New South Wales, Pacific Ale, which is your leading beer, is often Mm -hmm. the first craft beer that a lot of people try. It seems to be the entry point for a lot of people. Is that what you find? And if so, is that a barrier to being able to open up to other varieties and products. Mm. Yes and yes. Like <laughs> Pacific Ale for sure, it's that it's got all sorts of names and, and monikers about it, but uh, it's definitely one of those gateway craft beers, some people call it. it. It's a good introduction to something different than what people may have traditionally been drinking. 
And, mate, it's, it's a huge part. It's the majority of what we brew still. And we still have times when we can't brew enough of it. So it does uh, make us question the other stuff we're brewing as well, but it comes back to that, that dynamic market, that sustainable approach. Pacific Ale is a great, unique beer, but there's people out there that want to drink different things than Pacific Ale. If we're going to be relevant, it's important to brew different things and connect with different people and have different offers out there for those people that yeah might not be into a fresh Pacific Ale, you know? Absolutely. And you've got some crazy beers out there. Like everyone knows about Pacific Ale, but you've got some crazy beers out there. Like one of the ones is you have Counterculture, which is another brand which kind of has yeah. the license to do crazy beers and yeah. recently tried a tequila beer, which was it. you've got access direct to drinkers. How do you go in terms of dividing messages between those people who you know just want to order six cases of Pacific Ale every year versus those who want to try every crazy variety that you put out mm. throughout the year? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And, you know, starting to build an e-com business, the initial thinking was, oh, it's going to be easy. We're going to have access to this data. We're going to be able to understand our drinkers way better. But ultimately, it's only a small set of our overall drinkers. And and ultimately, a lot of the people drinking Pacific also want to drink this other stuff, just not at the same frequency, but they still want to try the other stuff we're doing. It's um, it's exciting for all of us to try new things, right? So to answer your question, it's it's tricky to differentiate, but it's a lot of fun to do different things. We have a couple of tasting rooms and we have these direct drinkers and they're, that's the best feedback we can ever get, you know. So if people are liking something that's different, then maybe we'll do it again. If they don't like it, we've got a better chance of knowing why it didn't resonate with people. So the data's not fixed, but it is a cool way to understand what people are into. Yeah. And I think one of the best ways that I've seen you tap into that crowd of the people who want to try everything, and some people call them beer nerds, is your subscription service, which you've just started up and you've referenced to it um, before around Beer Club. Can you tell yeah. us about Beer Club and how that works? Totally, mate. Yeah, Beer Club's pretty cool. Like it's It started as a way. We have these counterculture beers, right? We do one every two or three months. Uh, there's always a different beer. It's always pretty exciting to see it released. There's never huge quantities of it, so it does sell out. And the beer club started as a way for people to actually be guaranteed that they're going to receive this beer. So if they're in the beer club, then we absolutely have their name on the list to make sure they get it. They don't have to risk it running out at the local bottle shop, so they're always going to be able to get it delivered normally a week or two before anyone else gets it, and so they get to try that as part of the beer club. So that that's kind of where it started, but it's become more than that. Like it's it's become a way for people to actually chat with each other about different beers they're liking. It's become a way for us to put on special events for beer club members. You know, if we want to release something else and we don't have a lot of it, uh, like a cool counterculture T-shirt or a special perk that we're, we're offering, we can do that just with beer club members. So we get to connect with them all. We get to give them a bit of special treatment. Uh, they get to get those countercultures. Uh, we kind of give them a bit of inside goss on what's happening at the brewery around hops or new new types of malt, all that beer nerdy stuff. So it's, yeah, it's it's some products, it's some events and special treatment, it's even some content. You know, those, those beer club members get a monthly newsletter and they are super engaged. There's a, like an 80% open rate on those newsletters and they love hearing what we're up to and then, Telling us what they think of it too, good, bad, and in between. 
Awesome. Can you talk us through the mechanics of Beer Club? What's the actual offer and then how does it work? Yeah, so that's that's evolved. You know, we we wanted the opportunity to keep it dynamic and change and evolve it over time as we understand things better. We didn't want to set up a fixed lock-in people for 12 months. So at the core of it is those countercultures that we brew five or six times a year plus our limited release stone beer. That's guaranteed as a beer club member. You can be a beer club member for a month or six months or 12 months or, or ongoing. We've still got beer club members, more than half of them have been in there since day one, yourself included, mate. <laughs> so thank you. And uh, we set it up through the, through the Bold subscription app. It's not a pure subscription though. It's a membership. So we use Bold to collect the $15 a month membership fee uh, and that goes against a beer club virtual product. And then every time we want to send something out, we'll just pull out a list of all the active beer club members. We'll export it and then import it back in with, with a new order for that group of beer club members. So a couple of elegant and not so elegant hacks, but we've managed to retrofit existing off the shelf products to help us evolve that beer club and keep it dynamic. Awesome. And so customers pay $15 a month. Every second month they receive a parcel in the mail. They also get a yeah. welcome pack, which has, is it a hat and a couple of glasses and a beer in it as well when they first join up? That's it, mate. Let's say you sign up immediately after a release. You know, you might not receive something for six to eight weeks, but we want to say thanks straight away. Thanks for joining. So, yeah, we'll send you out a welcome pack. It's got a beer club cap. It's got a couple of beer club glasses. It's got a, a four-pack of something else we're brewing, whether it's East Point or Cloudcatcher. And, yeah, you get that straight away as soon as you join just to, just to recognise that you've joined. So cool. And it, and it really is a community because I think one of the, the things that you've done really well is you've created a Facebook group, a closed Facebook group, and it's only available for those who are registered beer club members. And the excitement on that group when a new parcel is due is just palpable like yeah people go crazy because they want to be the first to taste it and tell others yeah. what it tastes like and then you've got yeah. the other end of the spectrum where people are like in regional areas and going i still haven't got mine after five days and they're genuinely freaking out so you've got some yeah. people who are just frothing over how much they love what you've sent and then some people just weeping because they just don't know yeah. when they're going to get theirs it's a it's a funny group isn't it no it's amazing and it's um those bragging rights people love it in beer you know like I get it first, I'm straight onto social media and, you know, it's not rubbing it in people's faces, but it is kind of like, hey, look at me, I've got it, where's yours? So it does stir the pot and you've got to be choiceful about when you jump in and when you don't, but uh, it's, it's good fun, mate, and we'll see that again in a couple of weeks with the next release. That's so. awesome. Have you had um, any troubles moderating that group? Has it been time intensive? Uh Yes and no. Like we don't want it to become a dumping ground for delivery challenges because, of course, we've, we're going to have those and there's been heaps of those in the last 12 months. We want you guys, if you've got a specific issue, to touch base with directly because that gives us the best chance to help you. We want to keep it about beer. We want to have fun chat about beer. We've got Jess, our tasting room manager, who's a certified Cicerone. She can get on there and talk uh, talk beer smack with you all day long and and we do a bit of that. Our head brewer Keels jumps in there and shares some stuff. So we just keep trying to bring it back to beer. We don't want to wave the stick and tell people what to do. It's We're not in primary school anymore, but we just want to keep it about fun beer chat. Yeah, absolutely. 
can I ask, what's a certified Cicerone? Ah, yes. So Cicerone, it's the beer equivalent of a sommelier. So you can study wine to the nth degree and know all the ins and outs about how it's produced, all the flavour profiles, all the terroir, all of that stuff. You can do something similar for beer. And there's a couple of stages of Cicerone certification and there's only at the highest certification, there's, you know, there's less than 50 of those in the world. So wow. it's a fairly intensive amount of knowledge uh, retention that people need to know around beer and that beer education, that beer knowledge is important for us because it's, it's beer, right? It's not just a product on a shelf. We, we're happy to be the experts and we want to be the experts on our, on our craft. Ever been tempted to become a Cicerone? Mate, I have the I have the entry level Cicerone uh, certification, so that's cool. The the next level up is is a bit more chunky to get my head into. So there's two or three people in the business that have that. Well, there's three people actually. There's Varen, uh, sales team leader, and then there's Jess, who's our tasting room manager, and then there's Krista. So two out of three are, are girls that know everything there is about beer and it's it's incredible what they can you know that they can come up with it's amazing i think i've found my next career after e-suite we've gone off track so let's get back Uh, i thought it was fascinating there where you mentioned bold and i know you've had some it hasn't always been an easy subscription model especially the billing monthly and then the sending every second month Mm. um but if we take a step back from that you are set up you're a shopify site standard shopify not shopify plus but you're also got wordpress as a cms there Mm. Can you tell us about that setup before we dive into bold around how that works for you having two essentially two platforms running side by side? Yes, and it was an easier decision before we started bolting things on like bold and and everything else that that comes with building an e-com business. But we've always used WordPress. It does an awesome job of the content. We put a lot of great content out there. We've got guys in the business that are great at creating awesome content. Uh, you know, we've got a team that's familiar with WordPress. And for us, that stood out as still the best choice as a content engine. And so we didn't want to lose that by pushing everything over to Shopify. On the flip side, Shopify for us was the best choice to grow an e-commerce side of the business and manage products and transactions and customers. And it's just that easy back-end management that we wanted access to, to, to kind of grow things without having to pull in developers. And so... We couldn't choose between both of them, between either of them, so we went with both of them is kind of how that ended up. Yeah. And what have, because you are so, you do some fantastic content and you have for years, you built a, a beautiful brand based on all of that content, whether that be videos showcasing the region, going behind the scenes or recipes and like there's a whole bunch of stuff on there. What have been some of the challenges in making those two work together? Yeah, we always want to present a seamless experience at the front end, right? And therein lies the challenge when you're using two platforms. So uh, when we are pulling people in through the content and and taking them through the checkout on the other side, WordPress and Shopify don't always play nice. They, they both do things different ways. So trying to get them to talk to each other, trying to keep the front end looking the same when people jump between the shops so they don't feel lost or disorientated. It's the simple little things that seem simple but have a big impact on customer experience. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the juggle and we're, aware, we're constantly aware of it and constantly looking at how we evolve it into the future. Yeah, that's kind of 
been my experience with it. It's some of the things too that you don't think about until you actually put them side by side. So if you've got WordPress on the front end and you do a search, on-site search in WordPress, that it doesn't automatically obviously pick up your products and Mm. everything that's in your shop, which is a big issue, right? Correct. Yeah, you end up doing a lot of things in duplicate, but you don't want it to feel like duplicate on the front end. So we have realized that we've, yeah, we've given ourselves a challenge trying to maintain it. Awesome. And tell us about some of the apps that you rely on with Shopify to run that successfully. You mentioned Bold before. Yeah, Bold's a big one for the beer club. We also People can also get access to recurring orders if they just want a carton of Pacific Ale to rock up every week or fortnight. They can do that. We use Bold for that as well. We use Excelify more than we thought we would. Yeah, it's, it's an app that allows us to export data, input data, whether that's customers, products, uh, whatever it may be, may be. It's really handy just to allow us to, to manage and manipulate things as we need to. Outside of that, we are really trying to keep things as simple as possible and use the tools available in the existing platforms. We've got a beer finder on our website, which is, I think, a bold product as well. We've recently switched that over. But other than that, we work with a great web developer who is able to build a lot of things into the website so that we don't have to go fishing outside the platforms to do what we want to do. And in terms of warehousing, so I know that you've had a lot of changes to that recently. Mm. Well, not recently, in the last few years. Can you tell us about your journey around how you get your product to customers? Totally, mate. So we like to do things in-house when possible. So being able to bring things in-house just gave us uh, a lot more flexibility. It meant that we could put personal touches on things, whether that's a little thank you note on a cart, and it meant that we could change things overnight if we wanted to. It meant that we kind of knew our customers more because we were the ones fulfilling their orders. And there's something really special about being able to deliver fresh beer from the brewery directly to people's front doors. You know, that's I get a kick out of that. I don't know if other people do, but... We're a brewery uh, and we brew beer and to go straight from the brewery to someone's front door, you know, in as little as 24 hours is pretty cool. Pretty amazing. And I've seen it when we've been down there is like you literally have those cartons roll out of the brewery and into the courier van. That's it, mate. Yeah, it's it's a little bit romanticized, but it's, um, yeah, it's it's good fun. And before you were using 3PL all around the country, is that right? And now all distributed yeah. out of one warehouse? Yeah, we were used 3, 3PL and for the scale we were at, it just didn't make sense to try to carry huge inventories to distribute sizes of shirts and keeping stock super fresh in half a dozen warehouses around the country just for the, the extra day or two in delivery efficiency that it gave us. So now we get to deliver the freshest beer. We get to keep all of our stock in one place. And in time, we might grow out of that. But for now, the, the benefits outweigh that distributed 3PL model. Yeah. You mentioned merch there and obviously beer is your game and you've got some really strong followers and a great community. What role does merch play in the overall mix for you? It's a very small role, but it's a, yeah, it's a connection and relevance thing as well. So, you know, you, you mentioned it earlier, mate, and we do have some really loyal customers and people that have been drinking our beer for a while and love it. And uh, we're lucky enough that some of them want to wrap us out in the street by wearing a shirt or a hat or by grabbing a bottle opener or stubby cooler. You know, it's it's super cool that people want to represent us by buying some merch. 
So we are constantly looking at different ways we can put stuff out there that people want to grab. Absolutely. I love, what are they called? The coldy holdies that are made out of recycled wetsuit material. That's it. Yeah. So yeah, little coldy holdies made from the same factory that makes Patagonia wetsuits and brings all the wetsuits back to the factory, recycles them and we hit them up and yeah, we made some coldy holdies with them. Think Shopify Plus is just for simple retailers? Well, let me tell you, JB Hi-Fi is no simple business. But when their old site crashed for two hours during Black Friday, doing nothing was simply not an option. Shopify Plus was selected as their e-commerce partner to help facilitate the fast-growing $5 billion retailer. However, with over 200 dispatch locations, a reliance on a web of APIs, and the ability to handle triple growth, it wasn't an out-of-the-box implementation. But the results spoke for themselves. JB Hi-Fi cruised through a record Black Friday and Cyber Monday in 2019 without a hitch, have reduced average page load time by 15% and were even able to redeploy three techies whose job it was just to watch the servers to make sure it didn't go down. JB Hi-Fi and Shopify Plus, not just smashing prices, but smashing e-commerce. To read more of JB Hi-Fi's story and see other case studies, visit the customer section on shopify.com.au forward slash plus. What people may not realize is that you are an omni-channel model. Like you're actually a really complicated model mm. when you look at the, the business setup around mm. the B2B side. You've got B2B plus B2C, but you've also got breweries in Brisbane and Byron Bay mm. where people can actually come in, taste, order, dine. What has been your biggest challenge around creating one experience in terms of an online and an offline experience to make sure they mirror up? Yeah, you want to solve that one for me? That'd be, <laughs> that'd, that'd be nice. It's hard, right? Like we've got different markets, we've got different channels and we've got different offers that are relevant in different ways across those markets and channels. So we have by no means solved it. Please tell me if you know anyone that has, but we're working on it. Like It's a big part, consistent values across the team. It's a huge part that at the moment because if we're all thinking and feeling the same way about the experience we want to give our customers, then we've got a better chance of, of giving that rounded, consistent customer experience. But things like connecting the data between point of sale uh, tills at the, at the tasting rooms with the online, with the beer club, uh, things like connecting through to people that come to our events, having that kind of one source of truth. I know it exists. I know some people do it really well. Uh, we're not there yet, but we are really conscious that that's going to add value to people. So... We're working on it. Yeah. I, I don't think anyone yeah. solved it. If, it. if it helps you sleep at night, I don't yeah. think anyone solved the, the optimal omni-channel experience yet. Yeah, that's it. But like, I don't think in, in a pure technical sense, I don't think it's solvable, right? Because it's, it's dynamic, things change, people want different things from you in, in different ways. Ultimately, most things come back to really good customer service and customer experiences. And if you can do that, then people will forgive you for all the little technical glitches along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, people, and I think people, because you are independent, people might be more forgiving than if it was a VB um, mm. that went wrong for them. It's kind of like, well, I know there's real people behind this and it's a real place yeah. and it's, yeah, um, you've got that in your favor. Yeah. 
You mentioned there around the team having to work together for a good omni-channel experience. One of the cool things that I think your founders have put in place is an employee share program. Can you tell us how that works? Mm. Absolutely, mate. So employee share program was set up quite early on in the business when the business was still uh, pretty small. So uh, setting that up just was recognition that the business is only going to succeed because of the people in it. And so being able to give back to the employees some of that value that's created in the business has been what that employee share program is all about. So we get, uh, as an employee, you get offered shares in the business. You purchase those at 100% uh, on a loan, sorry, at 100% discount. The, The business actually loans you the money to purchase those, you not you don't pay interest on that loan, you pay it back if you ever cash those shares in. But as that share value hopefully goes up, then you as an employee adding value to the business get to benefit from that that value increasing in the business. Yeah, awesome. What has surprised you most about retailing alcohol online that those in e-commerce but in other industries may not realize some of the complexities around it. Uh, so again, so what is what have we realized about retailing booze online that is complicated? Yeah, you should actually host this show because yep. you asked the question better than I did. <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's been a few learnings, right? Like the, the complicated part of it, it there's definitely uh, an RSA, Responsible Service of Alcohol. We... We're sending beer to people's front doors. We don't want we don't want you to order it if you're under 18. We don't want you to order it if you're drunk. That's our responsibility, and we share that responsibility with the people delivering it to your door, the couriers. That's got complexity, and, and that's probably a case of the the industry and consumers moving faster than legislation and, and governments, and you know not avoiding our responsibility, but not being totally certain on how we meet that responsibility. So we're really conscious of that. Mind you, if somebody's going to try to get cheap booze as a 16-year-old, they're probably not going for a $75 carton of beer. <laughs> That's all right. We still want to be responsible in, in that regard. Trying to understand where people want it, how they want it delivered, I don't think that's distinct to alcohol, but you open yourself up to everyone everywhere online and trying to be all things to all people is an impossible task. So just trying to be relevant to the right people is a challenge. And then, you know, it's, there's funny little things like complexity around packaging. You know, beer is effectively already packaged in a carton. So do you add more packaging? How do you manage the, the fragility of glass? You kind of got to educate each other and, and the courier partner to be careful if you don't have a carton, if it's some beers in an unlabeled box then how do you kind of make sure the, brewer, uh, the the courier knows not to throw that over the fence and to kind of look after it with, yeah, like it's glass. So you have all that funny stuff, mate. Like it's not all distinct to us, but it is um, It's some of the challenges we've had. Do you have a high breakage rate? Surprisingly not. Surprisingly not. And that's, I like to think that's part having a good partnership with a courier. And being able to have that conversation that we are a big business, that if you drop it, it will break. Who's accountable? Who's responsible for that? Let's work together to solve it rather than just being another number on their list of deliveries. And then we have been able to put stickers and 
manage deliveries to try to avoid that as well. So a little bit partnership, a little bit education, a little bit adapting our packaging. Are you able to share the courier network that you do use? Yep. Yeah, so we work with Aramex, formerly known as Fastway, uh, and their model is interesting. So they franchise. So we work with a local depot that is a second-generation family business and they run that depot and they bring all of our deliveries into that depot and then they distribute them out to the country to the other franchises from there. So they are they are super keen to partner with us and, and try to solve problems that, and challenges that we're having. It can get tricky when you've got other franchises in other parts of the country for the last mile bit, trying to manage expectations and have some accountability there. But by the by, mate, they've been really good and we keep working with them to try to solve uh, the challenges that crop up. That's nice. It fits your local story as well, doesn't it, to be able to have local partners like that? Uh, 100%. Yeah, we, we don't need to be sending our beer to somewhere else in the country to get sorted and split and then sent back up the coast to someone a couple of hours away from the brewery. If we can do that locally and set it out from there, then we're winning. Yeah, absolutely. Can I ask one more thing on the um, things that are unique to alcohol? Yeah. The age gate that goes on the front yeah. of alcohol websites, is that mandatory or is it a nice to have? It is mandatory. But again, it's one of those evolving things. It is mandatory because we are showing pictures of alcohol across our whole website. So we need to let you know up front that if you're under age team, you, you're not are meant to be looking at those and you should leave the website. Yeah, we also try to catch it at the other end when it's been delivered and Fastway will check IDs when they deliver. So that's kind of how we manage that. We have, I'm probably going off topic, a li- oh, same topic but different answer to the question. We, we have a self-exclusion uh, opportunity for people if they're, if they're not wanting to receive emails or hear comms from us, we can block them. The same way you can block someone from a pub, uh, we have uh, RSA requirements on our website, our license on our website. So it's really a matter of best effort on this stuff as across as many ways that you can to meet your responsibilities. Yeah, that's interesting. Now, we've got to wrap up. I'm really grateful for your time. You mentioned at the start that you came into Stone and Wood because you got drunk and tweeted the owner's. I may put a little bit of sauce sure. on that one. But I definitely drank a couple of beers. Yeah, yeah, but that's probably going to end up as the headline now, so sorry oh, about good. that. Oh, good. What is your favourite Stoner Wood beer? And yeah. as a follow-up question, have the brewers let you go back to your brewing roots and brew your own beer? Uh, the second one's quicker to answer, so I'll say absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> they and I both know that the beer would not taste as good if they let me at it. So, yeah, that's who that is. But my favourite beer, there's we brew a beer called Green Coast Lager and that's probably a default go-to and it's just a crisp, easy-drinking lager and I love that beer. Uh, but we have this thing in the brewery. We have, um, we have a fridge. We have the staff beer fridge and we call it the overs and unders fridge and it's where all the raggy dolls go. It's where the beers that have a scratch label, uh, they're not quite to the fill height or they're over the fill height, they all end up in the staff fridge so that's always fully stocked. So that beer is in the fridge the same day that it was brewed and packaged. So it is the freshest beer you're going to taste. So to be able to take a couple of those home at the end of the day is a lovely privilege. Oh, how good. 
Now, tell us what is on your radar for, say, the next 12 months and what's exciting you around where e-commerce is going on potential opportunities for Stone and Wood. You know, we've talked about it in a roundabout way, but it is trying to connect those customer experiences 100%. So we know that it's important to us to have those direct experiences at events, which events are a funny thing to try to organise in a COVID world, at, at events in our tasting rooms and online. So connecting those experiences is a big one for us. Making sure the, the platform is the right platform as we continue to grow, whether it's a WordPress plus Shopify uh, forever or whether it's just one unified platform. That's another thing on the radar. Uh, evolving the, the beer club and, and growing that to make sure that the people that want to be part of that uh, are aware of it and have the opportunity to. Delivery is, is an ongoing forever task because it is growing and changing so quickly in Australia. So how do we continually make sure we've got uh, the best delivery offer for what we're trying to do and for what our customers want? I think I put anything else on that list, I'd probably self-combust because they're all big chunky things in their own right. So, yeah, that's where we're at. Brilliant, mate. You've made, and like you've made massive steps over the last two or three years already. And I always say to people, I always hold you guys up as people who just move at pace. And you made some really big calls as soon as you made that decision to go into e-commerce. And you made the big calls straight up. You didn't kind of dilly dally around the edges. You went for the big items and got that set up. Um, so you had really strong foundations from the start. So you guys are doing phenomenally. Awesome, mate. It's, it's a lot of fun, hey. It's, um, e-com is not it's 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 not a distinct product based industry. It applies to all products, and I've actually enjoyed just uh, some similarities and how dynamic and how much energy there is in the e-com industry, similar to the beer industry as it's grown. So it's um it's a great place to be and a great opportunity to to learn lots and um you know take on some new challenges and opportunities. Absolutely. Mate, how can people get in touch with you and how can people buy some of your beer? Uh, I'm steve at stoneandwood.com.au. I'm at the brewery, so come knock on the door. We'll have a beer. Uh, you can jump online at stoneandwood.com.au to grab some beer. You can come visit us in the tasting room. Uh, you can come do a tour. You can come meet a Cicerone qualified person who can tell you anything you want about beer and some things you probably don't care about as well. Uh, but that's where we're at. Beautiful. Thanks for joining us, Steve. Cool, mate. Thanks, Bushy. Catch you soon. As you are probably very well aware, there's no doubt that we're in an e-commerce gold rush right now. It seems like every other week there's e-commerce brands who are really cashed up and ready to acquire their competitors. Or there's other industries which are looking in on e-commerce ready to spend big dollars and make acquisitions. There's a huge amount of money out there. And so it's also been like that with craft beer, especially over the last five years. And I've got no doubt that the founders of Stone & Wood have had multiple offers over the years, but they've stuck true to their independence. And independence can be a really strong selling point for customers. It means that Stone & Wood have been able to stay true to their mission, their community, and their customers. And I think you definitely hear that in the way that Steve speaks. Bigger isn't always better, and I think independence is actually a selling point that many independent businesses don't take the time to explain to their customers and use as a selling point. Now, Steve has very generously put up for grabs a six-month subscription to the Stone & Wood Beer Club, 
It includes a welcome pack with glasses, a cap and some beer, and then a special counterculture brew delivered to your door every second month. It's hands down my favourite parcel that I receive. We released the competition in this morning's email, but in case you missed that or haven't yet subscribed, I'll let you in on it. Simply email us on hello at addtocart.com.au with your favourite Stonewood beer and why you love it, and you'll go into the draw. That's email through to hello at stoneandwood. Oh, not at stoneandwood. Hello at addtocart.com.au. Don't email stoneandwood. Whatever you do, don't email stoneandwood. They don't want to hear from you. Email hello at addtocart.com.au with your favourite stoneandwood beer, and you'll go into the draw. We'll draw our winner at the end of this week on the 26th of March. Actually, this time next week, we're going to be at Retail Global on the Gold Coast, literally on Monday next week, and I can't wait. If you're going to make the trek there, please, please let me know. It'd be great to catch up with old friends after such a long time of COVID separation. It's going to be like a big get-together again, and it'd be also brilliant to meet new listeners in person. So don't be shy. Shoot me a note at nathan at addicart.com.au, and I'll see you there. To finish up, I have three resources for you. Firstly, if you're a first-time listener of Add to Cart and you want to stay up to date with new episodes, head over to addtocart.com.au and you can sign up for our weekly newsletter. We'll let you know every time a new episode drops as well as giving you my three takeaways from each episode and a link to the transcripts so you can know that this is an episode that you want to dive straight into. Secondly... If you want a weekly roundup of the best e-commerce case studies, tools, and research, sign up to the High Five Friday newsletter, which is delivered to inboxes at 8 a.m. every Friday morning. I read all the e-commerce news and send you the bits that I think you can take action from. Sign up at 12high12high.com.au forward slash high five. And the last thing, if you are looking to explore your next e-commerce opportunity, head over to esuitetalent.com.au. We are a dedicated e-commerce talent agency connecting the best e-commerce talent with the fastest growing brands. Check it out, sign up to the email and get in touch with me if you want to discuss your next move. Until next time, thanks for listening and keep those customers adding to cart. Cart.